Isaiah, the little Bible or the mini Bible. This is part two, and the title is called A New Normal. Start our reading in chapter six of Isaiah, verse one. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of the robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, as, behold this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, I am here. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. I'm going to stop right there, but here's what I want to make a point of is this. This chapter is the formal commission of Isaiah into the prophetic calling of God upon his life. The timing of this commission is significant. For in verse 1, it says, It happened in the year that King Uzziah died. You see, Uzziah was a king of the southern portion of Israel called Judah. Uzziah, along with David, was one of the only eight kings in Israel's history that did right in the sight of the Lord. Thus, he was one of the good kings, one of the good guys of Judah. But unfortunately, the people were drifting from God into sin and immorality. And it wasn't because of his leadership. No, the leadership was a good example. And in spite of Uzziah's solid godly leadership, the people drifted away. And for guys like Isaiah, who were not drifting away from God, but were solid, they looked to King Uzziah as a leader that they could trust. He was consistent, always solid, who stayed on course with God. For, you know, for he was one of those guys like Isaiah. They were his rock they needed. Now he's dead. He dies. And you must understand it was a shattering loss, both to the nation of Judah and to Isaiah. Uzziah's death hit Isaiah like a ton of bricks. Uzziah was the only king Isaiah had ever known. Isaiah had never known of the throne of Judah ever to be vacated. There's no doubt with his death, a few, a fear and a doubt of the future permeated, not just Isaiah, but also the whole nation. And what Isaiah and the nation were facing is what we call in our title today, a new normal. It's when a person's life has been subjected to some loss. The loss is so great that a person realizes that their life will never be the same again. The life that that person once knew has been permanently changed. That normal is gone. It's gone forever. And now it has to be replaced with a new normal. And it was under this, Isaiah's new normal, where God officially commissioned him into service as we just read. So often I am so aware at a funeral that those in attendance, because of that death, life has changed for them. That that old normal is gone for this family. Now it will need to be replaced with a new normal. That is not always easy in a person's life or in a family's life. And like Isaiah, God still had a plan for your life and for his life. Listen, this new normal can occur in our lives, not just through death, but also through other issues. It can occur with an unexpected or unwanted divorce. Some people described it as an experience worse than death. 
and how true that is for them. This new normal in life can occur in life because of a medical diagnosis or a medical condition. Unless the Lord does a miracle in healing them, these people are faced with the reality of adjusting to this new normal for them and their family in life. This is their new normal. You can count the losses in life that leave us disoriented at times. They fill us with sorrow and mourning and this sense of uncertainty and fear concerning the future. Unfortunately, life in this fallen world is a life of loss. And what I want us to do for the rest of this time in this short little catch-up is this. I want you to observe these five things from Isaiah's life concerning how to adapt to a new normal. Because when you and I have experienced a great and significant loss, either by death or by change or whatever it may be, these five things helped Isaiah, and I believe that they will help us. Number one, this passage wants us to draw closer to God than we ever have before. If you're in that place of loss right now, today, or change right now, you need to draw in closer to God than you ever have to him before. It doesn't matter how well you know him or how long you've been a Christian. There's a need now that you draw in closer to him than you are right now. Not everyone does that in a loss like this or a change like this. Some people have allowed a crisis like this to drift away spiritually. Some folks even pull away from God in a crisis like this. They even blame God, not realizing God has a plan. And that plan, like Isaiah, it could be a plan of service for him in that way. James says it this way in James 4, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. So I can't think of a better time to draw into the Lord than a season of loss and crisis. Yes, it's a simple point, but consider it's really a powerful point too. The second thing is this, be confident that the Lord will draw near to you in your time of need, in your time of loss, because you have to realize that you are not alone in all this. Even if you feel you are, be confident in the fact that God will reveal himself to you. Be confident that God can reveal himself to you in a greater measure than you've ever had in your life with God. Note that's exactly what God did with Isaiah through this vision. Now, God might not give you a vision in a moment like he did with Isaiah, which would be nice to have, yet he did make his presence known to, to you and I in different ways. He can make it known through peace. He can give you this peace that surpasses all human understanding where you realize there's no human explanation for peace that you have now and you're feeling in the middle of this situation. That's God drawing near to you. Also through comfort, he can give you great comfort and you know that that's a comfort that's not in your strength. It has to be from God. He can bring a verse to memory to you. He can bring a song to your heart that's just gonna be this great comfort to you that he's drawing into you like he said he would be. It's God's involvement. It's God drawing near to you at your time of need. Draw near to him, and he will draw near to you, and be confident that he will give you that kind of comfort or that kind of peace or that verse or that song or his way of his Holy Spirit to hold you up. And so many Christians have shared over the years of a terrible time, a horrific time that they went through in a segment of life. And it just seems as if there is just no way out. It just seems that there is no way life can get any better. They share I never want to ever experience that time again, yet I would not trade that time of how close I came to God and how he came close to me. It was supernatural in what he did for me at that horrible time. So be confident. He will draw near to you. You're not alone. The third thing is this. Realize your situation is not out of control. 
Yes, it feels that way, but that is not the truth. We understand that our feelings are not always telling us the truth. Our feelings can lie. So we need to realize that our life in this situation is not out of control, but God has the circumstances of your life very much under control. I believe that this is the dominant thing that God would want to speak to Isaiah through this vision of the heavenlies and of God and all, all these angels in this vision right here. Because you had to notice when we read through this that it says that God is sitting. He's not anxious. He's not fretful. He's not outpacing the heaven's floor. He's not worried about your future. Yes, he's concerned for you, and yes, he loves you, but he's not worried about your future. So God is not alarmed. He's not wringing his hands. He's not anxious. He is sitting. But also note, too, that when he's sitting, he's sitting on a throne. He is sitting on a throne, and that throne speaks that God is actively governing. We are told that he is high and lifted up. In other words, this throne sits atop a series of steps. He is high. He's above everything else. We're also told that the train of his robe filled the whole temple. When Princess Di was marrying Charles, it was said that the train of her wedding dress went all the way out the door of the church. The wedding of the Princess of England was going to display the greatness of that position when she wed, and that train of her wedding dress showed that. And the length of a king's robe speaks of his greatness. The greatness of God is so great that it filled the whole temple. It didn't go out the door. It filled the whole temple. That's the greatness of the kingdom that he reigns over. And see, the whole vision is to communicate to Isaiah and to you and to me that our life is not out of control. No matter how much we may feel that way, the very God that controls the whole earth and the universe is in control of your life and in control of my life. Number four is this, pour out your heart to God. And I mean by this, in all that you're feeling and all that you're thinking and all that you're needing. For Isaiah, it was him talking to God about his deep consciousness of his own sin. And specifically that God would cleanse and sanctify his lips among a people of unclean lips. It was his honesty before God. Now for you, it may be different. Maybe the pain that you're feeling or the worry that you're experiencing or the fears that you have or maybe the angry or the anger that you got in your life. These are the things you are going to need to lift up to the Lord. And if you go to the book of Psalms, they are filled with these kinds of expressions. And that may, if that helps you to articulate this to God, then use the Psalms. And God will be active in your prayers, in your cries. When we pray like this, we are not informing God on something he doesn't already know. He just wants us to come to him with the honesty of our heart and what we feel, what we think, what we need, when we're in pain, and we're in worry, and we're in anger, and we're in these kinds of fears. David was so honest about that in the Psalms, and God called him a man after his own heart. So he, remember, he already knows all this. He just needs you and I to express it to him in honesty. And thus, we pour out our hearts to God in prayer until we're in a better place spiritually, until there's a breakthrough, and there will be for God is involved. God is drawing near to you as you in that prayer is drawing near to him. In Psalm 62, 8, it says, trust in him at all times, you people, and pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. That word in the Hebrew, pour, literally means to spill, to spill your heart out to God. Be it bad, be it ugly, be it despicable, just spill it out. Once again, it's not informing God because he already knows what's there. But we need to pour it out to him because it will help us. And let me say, 
God is the only one who can handle what's going on in your heart. God can carry it. And there are not very many human beings who could handle what is going on in your heart or even carry it, and those feelings and those thoughts of anger and pain and worry. Um, but God, he can do it. And here's why. In Hebrews 4, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace <clears throat> to, to help in our time of need. God is the only one who can carry our hurt and pain and ugliness and bad. He can carry it and he can handle it like no one else in this world can. And number five, the last one is this. Remember, and it's important that God still has a plan for your life. No, things will not be the same way they were before. It will be different. It will be a new normal. But understand, he still has a plan for your life. As Paul says in Romans 12, too, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God or the perfect plan of God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So our new normal just recommits to his plan and his purpose for your life. Remain committed to that plan in your life, no matter what the price is that you will have to pay. And listen, it's so important that we remain in Christian service and that when these kinds of seasons, which they will, they come, they will not permanently cripple us. Christian service protects us from an unhealthy isolation and it protects us from self-pity too. Christian service keeps us in the mix with other people that are healthy Christians. These people can bring needed perspective to our life just by their presence, not necessarily saying anything at all. Listen, these five things that God ministered to Isaiah were so important for his transition from that old normal to that new normal at the time of his loss. And may these things be a help to us when that time of crisis comes into our life, or maybe you're in that time of crisis now, because life is a life of loss. But God knows that. And he always has the answers for us. If we just draw near to him, he will draw near to us.